Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. Just look for that link at my website, Quipster.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at the latest in the Men in Black franchise, It is called Men in Black International. It's a PG-13 rated film. It does have science fiction action, some language, and suggestive material. The runtime is an hour and 54 minutes. The main stars are Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth with Liam Neeson, Rafe Spall, Emma Thompson, Camille Nanjiani, and Rebecca Ferguson filling out some of the supporting cast. F. Gary Gray is the director with the screenplay credited to Matt Holloway and Art Markham. Now, although the original Men in Black trilogy had basically run out of ideas, and not in its third film, but really halfway through its first, Hollywood's never one to leave a once popular franchise dormant for long. Studios hope that time has been kind enough to produce a wave of nostalgia among moviegoers, enough to give a continuation a shot again at the theater. That desire to draw on nostalgia would have seen the other nostalgic property, 21 Jump Street series, merge with the Men in Black series for a combined film, but that deal fell through due to not being able to get the two sides to agree on a clear and creative direction. I mean, 21 Jump Street series is an R-rated series with a lot of raunchy humor. How do you merge that with the audience that loves the Men in Black series? The project would end up proceeding forward, though, after it fell through, merely as another Men in Black entry. Now, for this follow-up, we get two new characters to follow, with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones choosing not to return. They're working for this super-secret government organization to help protect Earth from interdimensional threats and to keep knowledge of alien life forms away from human knowledge, because, you know, we would just freak out if we knew that there were aliens among us. These two characters are Tessa Thompson's newly onboard Agent M. We meet M, also known as Molly, first as a civilian girl with big dreams of exploring the secrets of the universe after she ends up encountering an alien when she was a kid. Chris Hemsworth's roguish veteran named Agent H is also in this film. Kind of a hot shot in the department for reasons that are really not merited as we come to learn. The two men in black here, really, in quotes, men in black, there are a couple of jokes about the dated sexism of the moniker, especially when you have women as agents. They get their assignment from their boss, High T, played by Liam Neeson, to look after an alien of some renown and influence that is sought after by sinister forces for reasons that we only come to learn more about through the course of the film. In the ensuing attempt at an assassination, M is given a mysterious crystal object, one she knows must be important enough to make her a target, but something that serves no use to her until she can unlock its secret purpose. So much more to the story than that, but for those who haven't seen it, I'll let you discover those things on your own. Now, it would be incorrect to call Men in Black International a reboot of the series. It does acknowledge the characters from the original trilogy briefly in a representation of their heroism depicted in a painting hanging on one of the walls at headquarters. This is the first of the series to not have Barry Sonnenfeld as the director. That makes way for F. Gary Gray, who ended up in his past. He took over a series for Sonnenfeld once before. Sonnenfeld directed Get Shorty, and F. Gary Gray directed its follow-up Be Cool. A pretty limp attempt there, so it doesn't necessarily bode well. F. Gary Gray doesn't really bring in his own flair here so much as try to emulate the look and the vibe of Sonnenfeld's goofy, colorful vision from the first three films. 
The screenplay from the team of Matt Holloway and Art Markham, they have worked together in the past. They are mostly known for bringing forward big comic book properties. Iron Man was their first really big script. They followed it up with Punisher Warzone and Transformers The Last Night. Those last two titles don't exactly sizzle with ripe comedic material or fascinating new twists on the formula premise. And neither does this movie. You have a modicum of mystery elements in this film that will likely fool no one, but someone who's probably never seen a film before. And much is made of the international aspect of the title here. It opens up the action to varied scenic locales around the world. London, Paris, Morocco, etc. The same to change scenery pretty often for the series. The interplay between the two leads is fine. It's not exactly the stuff of natural chemistry, I would say. And that's despite seeing these two work together before, to some degree, to some success, really, in Thompson's debut to the MCU in Thor Ragnarok, of course, starring Chris Hemsworth. Nevertheless, I do think that these two actors are likable enough to enjoy in their roles, even if they fall short of scoring big laughs together, because they seem to be working on different levels much of the time. They get their laughs singularly, or at least in reaction to each other, instead of actually generating a lot of that chemistry because they are together. Things improve substantially when they get a third wheel to their adventures in the miniature CG character cartoonishly representing a pawn from a chessboard. He's dubbed Pawnee by Agent M. He's voiced here by Kumail Nanjani, and he gets some good laughs here. I suppose it's a double-edged sword. He carries a double-edged sword, and with these CG characters, maybe some people might find him an irritant. I actually found him more refreshing because I like Kumail Nanjani. Rebecca Ferguson looks like she's having fun here also in a small role playing a zany multi-armed character named Riza. She's an alien that is so sexy that few species in the universe can seem to resist her. Now, given the fact that this is a film series that literally could do anything, it could go anywhere in the universe. I mean, the sky is the limit, space is the limit in order to find new and interesting stories to tell. I guess it's kind of a disappointment to see it go through most of the same motions that we already went through the first time around with this franchise. Even if you divorce it from the original trilogy and just take it on its own terms, it's still nothing great. There's a mystery here without many genuine surprises. There's comedy here without many genuine laughs. And that leaves us only to be entertained by its zany vibe and some constantly shifting set of alien characters to inhabit in this variety of picturesque locations. As escapism... I guess you could probably do worse, but it's very little that you haven't seen before if you've seen the original trilogy of films. And at nearly two hours in length, that's the longest Men in Black film to date. It does have a pretty high share of prolonged lulls to weigh it down. It could have definitely used a little bit of trimming, given that not many scenes are actually pushing forward any kind of narrative. If you're a longtime fan of the series, I guess seeing the dormant franchise revived, it's only been seven years since the last one, though, but that may be enough to sate you into being content with what International has to offer. You're just hoping that it's successful enough to continue to see Men in Black films. If you've never really cared much for these movies, though, this entry is certainly not going to turn you around on them. And it doesn't exactly break out into new territory, despite its new globe-hopping premise. So I'm going to give Men in Black International two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that it had the tools, it had the talent to be an actual worthwhile film to recommend to most people. However, it does fall short here because it is definitely very formulaic and honestly not a lot that you haven't seen before except for maybe better special effects. And the story itself feels very rudimentary and full of not a lot of surprises, not a lot of laughs, as I mentioned. So it's kind of weak material here. So two and a half stars is really the best I can give 
Men in Black International. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you have your own thoughts on Men in Black International, I do encourage you to reach out to me. You can find my contact information at my website, quipster.net, where you can also find links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. All of these are adequate ways to get in touch with me. Until next time, thanks, everyone, for listening, and please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. <laughs>